1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, August 30th. One day, wait, technically, I guess two days away from September. We will be kicking off football. NFL, we got a whole weekend or really five days of college football coming up all to itself, and then the NFL the week. That week on Thursday kicks off with the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. We have done it. We are officially through, hopefully, most of the injuries, as we did have quite a couple this weekend that we will talk about. We're also going to jump in and talk about the AFC team over and unders. Dennis, Matt, how are you gentlemen doing on this beautiful Monday?
2: I am doing outstanding. I was, uh, well, I guess I'm doing fair. I've got like one or two shares of J.K. Dobbins that I roster, and then one of them, I also have George Kittle, and it's no flexes. And the guy sends me an offer, and he's like, hey, I know you got Dobbins, so I'm going to offer you Gus Edwards. He sends me Edwards. uh, Oh, who was the other one? It was Edwards, a second-round pick. Oh, and and, uh, uh, Hunter Henry for George Kittle. I was like, are you serious? He was serious. I'm like, yeah. so I countered. I'm like, well, now how about mixing an A. Rob for Kittle, which was a much, which was a fairer trade, slanted in my direction a little bit. But the other one, I was like, come on, man, I, I like Gus all right, but I don't think, I, I don't know, I, he doesn't automatically go from you know an RB three four to a top eight running back right now. I think there's going to be some. Uh, spreading the ball around a little bit there. But other than that, I'm doing great. I'm having a fantastic Monday. Uh, Still wish I was in Hawaii, but I'm not.
3: I mean, Baltimore already has a top five running back. He just happens to play quarterback.
2: Shut your whore mouth.
1: Hey, I mean, realistically, their backup running back is not that bad. So before we – let's just jump right into it. J.K. Dobbins. Dennis was just mentioning it. As uh, myself, I have a – fair share of Dobbins as well uh being a Buckeye I've been a big fan of him for quite a couple years now him going down he's gonna miss likely the entire season I don't I don't see any way they bring him back I know George Pickens on the college side uh has come back within I think it's been like five months since he tore his I guess realistically there's a shot that Dobbins could come back for the playoffs I do believe Baltimore will make it even without him but I don't think it's going to happen. Realistically, he's out the year. Not all, that's all that matters for us on the fantasy side of things. All the talk has been Gus Edwards. We, we know that he was likely going to get a fair share of the ball, even with Dobbins there. Matt, what does this do for Gus's stock now and rising it up? And do you think anybody else participates in that backfield? Is it just going to be the Gus bus show now? Is I believe Justice Hill is still there. Is Justice, Justice Hill going to kind of reemerge? Him. like? What, what does this mean for, for the rest of this backfield outside of, of Gus as well?
3: And I know Harbaugh came out today and said,
1: hey, we like Justice Hill. We like Travion
3: Williams behind Gus. We, we think we can win with that group. That is what a head coach has to say and should say. I'm sure they do like those guys. I'm sure those guys are going to be fine contributors. They are 100% going to go get a veteran back. This isn't like a team that maybe was on the bubble of 500. Could they be a contender? This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. It's not even just are those three guys enough. It's the reality of the NFL is you're not going to have all three of those guys, all 17 games. They need more depth. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about them potentially reuniting with Mark Ingram. Um, That would make some sense. There's been talk about them trying to trade for Melvin Gordon. I honestly don't think Denver's going to give Melvin Gordon because they also think that they are going to ride Teddy Bridgewater to uh, the postseason. I'm less sure. I think they'd be more interested in giving Royce Freeman. Um, I don't know how, the, how Baltimore would feel about that. I think it, it's more likely they scoop that, or we are about to see a real bloodletting uh, tomorrow. Of players, I am sure there are going to be uh, a lot of potential options. I think they add some kind of a body. I am less sold on Todd Gurley. I'm not sure he has the knees to hold up.
2: Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be Gurley, and I honestly I don't think it's going to be Ingram either. Uh, I I wouldn't mind Gordon there because Gordon does kind of have a little better pass catching background than uh, Gus Edwards does, you know. Tyson Williams, he, he, was, he flashed in college, but he just you know never quite put it all together. He went to three different colleges. He had a bad knee injury. Uh, he's healthy now. He's been with Baltimore for a couple years, uh, or at least all last year in this offseason. So he knows the system, and he, he's a good size back. I think he's 215, 220. So he brings a lot to the table uh, of what they lost in J.K. Dobbins. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them you know, move forward with the status quo, somebody that maybe they were going to stash on their practice squad and, and let that person be their, their fourth running back. If, if they do sign a veteran, and not that Gurley is who it would be, but if they do sign a veteran, I would expect it to be after week one so that mm-hmm. the salary is not guaranteed for the season. Um, if they sign them after week one, then a, they can cut them and it ends up uh, not costing them anything. Uh, they, they're out of it with what they got. I like Edwards to maybe go from eight to 10, maybe 12 carries a game to you know 15 or 16. Um, Justice Hill maybe to go from you know 10 to 15% of the snaps to 15 to 20 in the pass catching and, and Tyson Williams to step in and, and do more. But we've been talking a lot in the offseason about Baltimore really fortifying the pass-catching group. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is sort of that that thing that pushes them up into, uh, you know, 480, 490, 500 pass attempts this year. Or 480, 490, 500
3: rush attempts by Lamar Jackson this year. (laughs) Right.
1: So, how high do you guys think Gus can go in fantasy this year? Uh, I mean, he's most projected. I I would say Dobbins was likely, I'm pretty sure for all three of us, he was like a high-end RB2. I don't think Gus can get there.
2: So, our consensus ranking for Dobbins, we had him ranked at RB15. And we had Gus ranked at where did he go? I thought I had just highlighted him. Um, Gus was like RB 49, 48.
3: Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I could see, I, I would feel more comfortable with Gus in the 20 to 30 range. I still think they bring somebody in. PJ, I see your question out there too. Do you think they try to go get Duke Johnson? I, I, Personally, don't think Duke Johnson fits the style that they're looking for. I think they're more apt to get um, more of a runner. Yeah, they want a one-cut
2: guy that's gonna stick his foot in the ground yeah. and go.
3: And so, to let Justice Hill catch passes.
2: Yeah, we Gus Johnson was our RB forty-eight. I think moving him up into you know the mid twenties, somewhere between twenty and twenty-eight, is probably where he ends up maybe closer to the 28th than the 20th. Um, But I I, I don't know. Gus has shown himself to be a little better pass catcher, I think, than he's gotten credit for, something he's worked really hard on. Uh, Ronald Jones could take a lesson from that. Uh,
3: But, you know, that's a guy that I wouldn't be, you know, if Tampa Bay ends up deciding that they don't need Fournette, I could see that being the kind of player – I doubt the Saints cut Murray, honestly. But
2: Tony Jones looked good. They got there's been a lot Murray of
3: talks.
1: Over. Yeah, and there's been a lot of talks about them cutting him too.
3: But that would that would be another one. So a Fournette or a Murray, I guess, uh, would definitely be. I, I think they're just looking for somebody who's who's going to rush. I think they like Justice Hill potentially as a pass catcher, and um, and they're just adding to the mix.
1: All right, so next up, Irv Smith meniscus tear. Dennis, your thoughts on Irv Smith? Obviously, we all liked him, uh, as a lot of other people did in the community, about him breaking out this year. I will be honest, I did not see how long he is going uh, uh, to possibly be me out. Let
3: tell you, that's because... They do not effing know. Mike Zimmer gave okay. a press conference today and said once they open it up and look around in there, we'll have an idea. Uh, he said that after one of the reporters asked if it could be the six to eight-month
2: variety. It, it well, could go any direction. Well, it really stinks because Smith, he was my breakout tight end. I had him ranked as yeah. tight end seven. So uh, it's my fault he's injured.
3: Well, and Zimmer talked about not – caring for the depth that they have at tight end behind Smith Smith, and saying they were going to go look for a tight end, which makes me very cautious, cautiously for afraid that Smith is going to be gone for a long time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I hope it's not that long. I mean, I've, you know, in my very limited, never pro career, I tore my meniscus, and I wasn't sit- out for six to eight months. So let's hope that that's not how long it is. But obviously... No, it's playing soccer, which I feel like you need your knees a little bit more with the way you cut and everything. And I, I, But I also decided not to get it repaired. I went to Dwayne Wade because I thought I was cool back in the day. And that's why I got that creaky knee now, like 34 years old. So it's not great. So Irv, take care of yourself. But obviously, we we hope he does not miss the entire season, if he does, at Is really going to suck because he was, I mean, not only the the tight end breakout for us, but a lot of people. So is there anybody on that team you want now? I mean, Rudolph is gone. Is it just Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen?
2: Yeah, and it's going to be them and Dalvin Cook. Cook, Cook. But what would be awesome is if they went and got O.J. Howard.
3: Yeah, I feel like the comments that we got from Mike Zimmer indicated that he is not a Tyler Conklin or Zach Davidson believer um, because he literally said – we aren't very good at that position without Irv Smith. I mean, he's never been put to to soft shoe anything, but that was uh, going I mean, a little bit. They're glorified bit.
2: tackles. I mean, well, so this
3: game. just adds to my. I said on Thursday, I thought Minnesota had a good seven and ten energy. These are yeah. these are the reasons why.
2: Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm, I'm glad we haven't Chris done it. Yeah. I bet he'd be available from New York pretty cheap. He um, might get cut. Ian yeah. Thomas in Carolina, I bet he'd be
3: available
1: pretty cheap. I've been hearing a lot of good things about him in Carolina, actually. They're, they're starting to use him a little bit. I don't know if they're going to cut him, at least not yet.
3: They can't really uh, do their three wide receiver sets. Because they don't has, have a third wide receiver. Yeah, didn't <laughs> Ola B. C. Johnson yeah. get injured, too? They had to sign D.D. Westbrook yeah. and Amir Smith-Marset. They
2: might do more wish oh, You know who they could get? I
3: bet Zach Ertz. They don't have the cap space, honestly. Minnesota is
1: one of the, oh,
2: yeah, one yeah. of the. Cap I mean,
1: the
3: cap I space. Who, is you, a who would
2: you? Salary have cap do? is a myth. Oh yeah, the salary cap. I've been told is a myth.
1: I've been told the salary cap is a myth. You're right. So you know, who knows. Speaking of the oh, salary cap, one Joe of the me, uh, that
2: would be a good one.
1: Uh, I don't think the Browns are going to trade him, but he would be a good fit there, I think. Uh, Carson Wentz, who tra- went to Indianapolis this offseason, is out with COVID. Sam Ellinger out as well. Uh, no real concerns about Wentz missing the opener, though, Dennis? Yes,
2: no? No, I think we're we're two weeks away, so unless, he's, unless he contracts it at, and gets really sick, I think he'll be fine. But I guess being out 10 days, basically what it's telling you is he's not vaccinated.
3: Well, they were on the fence though about whether he could be ready for Week One anyway, because he obviously had that uh, was a foot surgery,
2: right? Ankle yeah. surgery. Or I something. mean, he knows the playbook. He well, I, I don't have any concerns about
3: that. I, I was also fascinated that uh, from the way they talked about Ellinger's injury being gone five to six weeks, it sounds like he had passed Jacob Eason because the way they literally put it was. Ellinger's out, so now they'll have to use Jacob and I thought, oh, interesting.
1: Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Ellinger's definitely the safer QB, if that may—like, he, he's not going to turn the ball over. He doesn't have that gunslinger mentality that, uh, that Eason has, and— I you know I, I think Ellinger is probably the safer bet for what Indy wants to do. If Wentz were to get hurt, he in my opinion he makes more sense because they have a good enough team built around that quarterback position that a guy like Ellinger can just manage the game and still get them into the playoffs. So I, I think he's probably the That's safer
3: right. bet. I yeah. almost wonder if with this kind of COVID setback and it was going to be touch and go about how much time Wentz was going to have to return to to practice, you know, coming off that foot surgery. Anyway, I. I bet we see E's in week one because they're yeah. going against Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think so. So sticking with the Colts, uh, another big injury that came out. So Zach Pascal was one of the people that got put on the COVID list, which left them thin at receiver. So too does the injury to T.Y. Hilton, who's having um, kind of neck spine injury. The last comments I saw from Reich suggested that he didn't have a good feel or timeline that they were hoping he wouldn't miss the season, which is how they put it. Obviously Colts fans no strangers to neck injuries, Knocked out one of the greatest of all time in Peyton Manning. How does this make you feel uh, about Hilton and the Colts passing game?
2: Well, I'm out on Hilton I, at this point. You know, he played good down the stretch last year, but most of the season he battled injuries and wasn't very good. It's a sort of one of those classic cases of a small wide receiver that's, you know, 10 years into the league and struggling to stay healthy. Big wide receivers break down in one way, and small wide receivers in another. And I think we're seeing that with Hilton right now. Um, So if he's out, if he's going to be out, you know, six, eight, ten weeks, depending on where they are, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't bring him back at all. Yeah. Um, But it's you know it's Pittman, Campbell, Michael, Strahan, Strachan, however you can, Strachan,
3: I think, yeah.
2: Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. Uh, yeah, it Jack could be Doyle. the
3: could be good news for both uh, Doyle and Hines, who you know yeah. is unclear what the target share would be. I think it's more more pressure and more wheels up on Pittman and also Campbell if he can stay healthy and out so, there. Let's Oh, I let's thought you were hope. shaking your head like you didn't.
1: <laughs> no, I'm like, let's hope. Let please, dear God, can, can Paris Campbell do something this year? I apologize. My, I'm having all kinds of issues over here today, so I just keep getting disconnected.
3: So. I just thought you were sad about uh, Carson Wentz getting COVID.
1: I was a little bit. I didn't want you guys to see me tear up, so I, I cut, shut down real quick. Uh, the first time was purely accident. The second time was my just you know my deep, deep love for Carson Wentz. 49ers are rotating QBs possibly. Matt, this sounds like a bad idea because last I checked, we're talking about the NFL and not college football, where last time this worked, I think, was like Urban Meyer back with Tim Tebow at Florida. But am I wrong? Is this a good move for them?
3: You know, this is the 49ers admitting that every fiber in their body wants them to be able to start Trey Lance, but they recognize that there are things that Trey Lance can't yet do. And they're afraid of seeing what might happen if they throw him out there week one. Uh, They tried it in the preseason um, and apparently felt pretty happy with it. They tried it in the preseason against the Raiders backups. I'm not sure I would uh, consider that a wheels up test, but it certainly does seem like they're leaning that way. And I think for fantasy, that's going to make that quarterback situation a hot garbage for a while.
2: Well, I mean, we've seen the two quarterback thing work in New Orleans, so I I think if that's if you set your expectations there, then I think you'll be okay. Uh, But I I don't know that. You know, I agree. It's there's there's so much ability in Trey Lance, and so much inexperience in Trey Lance that I, they just don't feel comfortable, whether it's Shanahan saying, I don't know how to take my massive playbook and make it this big and feel like we can be successful. You know, that might be it. Maybe, you know, Shanahan's like, look, if I, if I don't have access to all my stuff, I don't feel like we can win and it puts us at a disadvantage. So I would rather use a less talented, a less a, a quarterback with less potential such as Jimmy Garoppolo, more often as opposed to Trey Lance with this you know, fountain of potential because I know Garoppolo isn't going to make a mistake.
1: Just throw the kid out there. He's got more potential. That's what I got to say. Speaking of more potential, Mac Jones with the Patriots. Does he have more potential than Cam Newton? I, Sounds like I Bill think, Belichick is undecided. As I of right Bill's now, I think Bill's
3: been watching those forty nine er games, thinking,
1: "Hold my beer." <laughs>
2: so, Bill is very pragmatic, and I don't know what Cam's situation is when it comes to salary. I know that last he year can
1: he he's 30. on like a backup contract. It's still it's still yeah, very, it's cheap, very cheap. Very His contract,
2: paid. so yeah, I. I would not be the least bit surprised if Bill cuts Cam. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Cam has played better than he has last year than he did last year. Um, but from what I've seen, you know, Mac is outplaying him, and mm-hmm. you know he's doing a lot of things right. And he's the stage hasn't been too big for Mac, and. While he doesn't have the running ability that Newton does, I, I think in the other facets of the game, uh, Mac is equal or better than Cam already. And so there's, if Bill looks at his backfield mm-hmm. and says, well, I think that if I don't have Cam Newton, I think I can get it done with Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, and JJ Taylor. Plus, I've got uh, uh, Henry and, and John U. Smith. Uh, at tight end, a good offensive line, and they've got you know they got eight players back on defense that opted out. Their defense is no joke. So it isn't like he needs to go out and score 40 points every week to win games. He's gonna have the defense to to be able to win close games and keep it close. Uh, so is it likely? Probably not. Would I be surprised if Cam gets shown the door? No, Belichick is, is he, he does it's it, it's it's a business for him.
3: It is, but he has a certain respect for the game, and he has expressed a great respect for Cam Newton in the past. I would honestly be surprised to see them uh, cut him here. And well, I'll say that Cam Newton wasn't incredible on this last game where he was held out for a while due to that. Um, you know, COVID misunderstanding on, you know, in the second preseason game, he started, he went eight of nine for 103 yards and a touchdown had a 151.4 rating in the opening game against Washington. He was four of seven for about 50 yards in the couple of series he played. He hasn't played, Badly, I kind of feel like the Patriots will end up starting Newton to begin the season. And when they're still hanging around five hundred, not where they want to be, possibly when they lose to Tom Brady in Week Four, they're going to flip the switch.
1: Yeah, as much as I'd love to see Max start, I've been one of the kind of big guys on that train, especially with the with compared to the rest of the camps to Canton crew here. I've been arguing for mac jones uh what feels like uh, much to my detriment i do think that he will uh he will at least get to play at some point but i do think they start cam i, I just think it makes more sense to start cam so with those two i'm gonna throw fields in as well because he's not expected to start do you guys expect to see all three by say mid-season then starting on the field
3: i don't know about san francisco if that trade-off works i, I could see them continuing that for a while Um, But I I expect to see Justin Fields by friggin' October. And I think we'll see Mac Jones by mid-October, too.
2: Well, it just came out, Nick Wagner. uh, I saw. Trey Lance has a small chip in his finger. Going to be out about seven days. Yeah, so so
3: he's definitely not starting week one. Right. You know, I think Fields, it's just going to depend, like, if Dalton gets blown out and looks lost against the Rams, it's it's week two. If Dalton looks competent and they lose to the Rams as they're expected to, I think Dalton starts against Cincinnati, his old team, which I think they have a decent chance to win, which probably puts them against Cleveland, which I think they'll get blown out and they make a trade
1: by then. All right. Gardner Minshew was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Does that matter, Dennis?
2: Nope.
3: i agree i disagree
2: i mean i think they're collecting options it paves the way for a hurts to houston for watson trade and then they can wait wait a year they can suck you know they they don't have their first round pick next year i think that would that went to uh, uh that goes didn't that go to uh indy or no
3: no, they would get in Indy's, yeah, right. potentially get Indy's first-round pick. I the reason, I think they
2: still have their own, yeah.
3: Yeah, so they, they could potentially have two first-round picks, which gives them some capital. I think we've seen at various points in the offseason that Jalen Hurts is the starter until he's not. Uh, not exactly a confidence boosting position they probably saw what they had in Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins and decided that if they don't like what they're seeing from Hertz they're definitely not putting one of those two in but Minshew has been a starter allegedly went all the way to the wire before Trevor Lawrence was uh, picked as a starter in Jacksonville for reasons that surpass all our understanding but I think they went and got him your your call of potentially having him as an insurance for trading for Watson makes a lot of sense I also think that if Philly is struggling and scuffling and sucking and Jalen Hurts is not the answer that they give somebody else to try. They're looking, you know, they, they pretty well admitted that if they thought they could have gotten, was it Lance, they would have stayed where they were in their draft position. They only traded back because it wasn't the quarterback they wanted, which tells you that they weren't, you know, for as much as it's been, Oh, it's Jalen Hurts time. It's Jalen Hurts time until they can find something else.
1: I get that. Lance is different than Gardner Minshew, though. Lance is ceiling and, and is even better than Jalen Hurts. So I, I would do the same thing if I was Philly's GM. I, I don't see it mattering. I really, Unless Hurts gets injured, I think Minshew's the backup. I think that's why they traded for him, to bring in a guy who's going to at least be a serviceable backup for them. I don't think Flacco was that answer. So I, I don't see Minshew competing for this job at all unless Hurts gets injured. I could be wrong but I don't see it on speaking of the Deshaun Watson trade that Dennis just mentioned. There are a lot of rumors heating up that he is possibly on his way to Miami. Matt, do you think this actually happens? And if so, what does this mean for Houston and for Miami?
3: I mean, it would be a huge coup for Houston at this point in time. Cause I don't, I think Houston's made it clear throughout training camp, the way they're handling Watson that, um, they don't really intend or want him to play on the field for them. And I'm not sure they really want to pay him out. I don't know if they've been waiting, hoping that the NFL is going to put him on an exemplist and answer this question for them, despite spending a lot of the off season saying they had no intention of trading him. Everything that's happened since he reported to camp certainly indicates that they don't really want him to be there. So, if they get the haul, i mean the rumors are they're asking for three firsts and two seconds plus players i mean if they get something like that back that would be the kind of key to rebuilding in a hurry because they don't have any assets they don't have a great roster they've managed to lose all their best and marketable players without getting anything back this would be the first time they'd get something back for them it makes complete sense for Miami to me. It makes zero sense. Miami has a good cap situation, good draft capital, a young quarterback that by all reports has had a fantastic camp you added weapons around him that did not exist you're in a good spot to compete it does not make sense to me that you're blowing all that up and taking a chance on watson if you keep two of there and you've replaced them what does that do to his confidence if you move him and then watson can't play you're down to jacoby percent which we saw how that that played out for the colts a couple of years ago so i don't understand this for miami
2: yeah I mean, honestly, I don't know that there's a team out there that it makes sense to give three firsts and two seconds for Watson. Uh, If if you do that, you need to add him to a team that you know is going to be a contender for the next three years. Well, breaking news, anybody that's sitting right now as a contender for the next three years has their quarterback. So, yeah. Anybody else, you're mortgaging your future for a piece, and you're more than one piece away. So it's it, it, it boggles my mind.
1: So I'll go the opposite. I actually think it makes a ton of sense for Miami. I, I mean, you're right. The The reports for Tua have been amazing, and I hope that he proves me wrong because I've kind of been the biggest one of saying I don't know if he ever gets back to what he was because of that hip injury. But even if he does, Watson's ceilings higher. Watson's the better quarterback. I know that it's going to affect their cap situation bringing him over there. But you say three first-round picks, you could argue is could be considered a first-round pick. So even if you give up next year's in 2023 Tua and then say a wide receiver, um, they're not giving up Waddle. And I doubt they're giving up Parker. But if they send Will Fuller, well he just came from Houston too so that would be even better that'd be funny will fuller back to houston or even a preston williams who you know he's not he he has some talent but he's not going to be a big loss for miami and they get the first round picks and then maybe some middle tier defensive player That really helps out Houston. That gives them their franchise quarterback. Now moving forward, still on a rookie contract. They get the draft capital to try and build around him. And Miami does get a franchise-changing quarterback. Because while we think Tua could be that, we don't know that for a fact. We know that Deshaun Watson, as long as he's on the field, is a franchise-changing quarterback. So you're right. Maybe he doesn't play this year, and that could screw them this year. But the chances are Deshaun Watson's going to play again, and it's likely going to be at least by next season. Miami becomes a serious like contender with Buffalo, in my opinion, in the AFC East if they have Deshaun Watson as their quarterback with that team they have around him and that defense. I, I think Miami clearly becomes one of the better teams in the AFC with that. So I, I, I can see it from Miami's side. Are you taking a risk? Absolutely, but sometimes you gotta you gotta risk it to get the biscuit, right? Sometimes you gotta take those risks. Tua might be it. But I, I would say, and I'll ask you, Dennis, because you've kind of been the biggest proponent and the biggest supporter of Tua since he came out out of the three of us. Is Tua' ceiling even Deshaun Watson's? Because I don't think so.
2: I don't think his ceiling is Deshaun Watson's. Um, and part of that is he doesn't have the athletic ability of Watson. So where Watson's going to go out and rush for, you know, three to 500 yards and six touchdowns, uh, you're not going to get that from Tua. But I think Tua is, he's a Drew Brees type of quarterback. Not the strongest arm, great pocket presence, very accurate, good in the intermediate range, a strong enough arm to get the ball downfield enough. Um, That's where I see Tua. And, you know, I I think, well, I wish I had a, I saw something come through my feed Earlier this week, that said the only QB one to had ha, the only player to finish as a QB one and not rush for like I, I think it was 300 yards or something like that uh, over the past 20 years was Drew Brees, and I don't you know I, I don't want to say I expect two to come out and throw 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. But I think he's got a lot of the same tools that Drew Brees has when it comes to pocket awareness, uh, pocket mobility, and accuracy. So if he can put it all together, I do think he's got a high ceiling. But I think the rushing ability of Watson, coupled with the other, you know, the the pocket awareness, the, the arm, uh, that puts a uh, that that puts Watson's ceiling higher.
1: All right. Before we get into these uh, over-unders, Dennis, you had a message for everybody.
2: I do. So, you know, we've we've been around the block for a few, few years now doing this show, and we're always looking, how can we help our listeners with the best tools in the business? Well, we've got a present for you. Hall of Famer Bob Harrison Football Diehards has the Flash Update Pro you can get the tools that help Bob become a fantasy football Hall of Famer at footballdiehards.com slash updatepro. There's a full suite of tools to help make you a better fantasy manager. There's rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock draft tools, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, so much more there. If you use our code roundtable, you get an extra 15% off the already low price of $24 for the entire football season. You know, Bob has been amazing. He's been on our show a couple times. And to be to, to allow us to offer this, uh, I think, is is a testament to, to what a good guy he is. And the tools on there are great. Uh, I'm kind of looking through and playing with them. I'm in redraft season. While I do, you know, we play a lot of Dynasty. Um, yeah. I am doing some redraft, more redraft this year than I have done historically. And I've been finding uh, the tools on the Flash Update Pro at footballdiehards.com to be extremely helpful.
1: It is well worth the money if you guys can afford it. I promise you that. All right, so let's jump into the AFC win totals. We're going to kick it off with the AFC North, which is arguably the toughest division in the AFC. And we're going to start with the Baltimore. They're over under a set at 11, which is just perfect because that really makes you have to decide here. I will take the over because I still expect them to win the division. Uh, They're even losing Dobbins. I think this offense is going to be good. I think Lamar is going to be able to take a step forward, and this defense is going to be good. So I'm going to take the over. I think they can get to 12. Uh, Dennis, what are you taking for the Ravens?
2: So I'm going to take the under. I think it's going to be close. Maybe a push might even be what I would choose if I could. But I think they're going to finish second in the division. I think the Browns are going to win the division. I know you won't pick them because you're afraid of jinxing them. Fox?
3: (laughs) I am taking the under. Um, I also have the Browns winning the division,
1: Baltimore in the playoffs, but I actually have them with 10 wins. All right. Speaking of the Browns, they are sitting at 10.5. Matt, I'll let you go first on this one. What are you picking for the Browns sitting here at 10.5? I'm taking the over
2: did you pick Fox and I just missed it or
1: what? Yeah, he picked, he picked or under Fox, for Baltimore.
2: Bruning, Bruning. What did you pick? I haven't picked yet. Oh. oh,
1: Baltimore. said over. I think they're going to go okay. over. I think they get 12. Okay. Yeah. I think
2: they get 12. That's right.
1: I think they win the division. So yeah.
3: Yeah. I took the over for Cleveland.
1: I have them at 11 wins.
2: I, I think Cleveland is, is they could have the best record in the conference. Uh, I think they're set up. Their defense is primed and ready to go. They addressed their biggest need on defense, which was their secondary. They went out and picked up a couple really strong safeties, uh, a good linebacker. Cl- I'm, I'm interested to see how Jadavion Clowney looks, you know, lining up next to Miles Garrett, not just opposite of Miles Garrett. Now I know Clowney was kind of trashing interior linemen, much to my chagrin. Um, uh, but I think he's gonna I think that defensive line is gonna be good. Uh and, and they've got the tools and the arguably the best running back in the game. So Baker doesn't have to carry the load. So I I, I like the Browns to maybe win thirteen, even fourteen games.
1: Yeah, I was wrong. I
2: had them at so,
3: twelve. I had to pull up my numbers. <laughs>
1: Cue that James McAvoy gift from Wanted when you see when you hear Dennis say the best in the conference. I'm over here like, oh my goodness, I, I hope. I'm gonna go under though. Uh, no, I'm gonna go over. I think they can get to 11. It's I think that's like the perfect number is 10.5. I think I don't think there's any way they get under 10. I, I just I really do believe in this team. Stefanski I think is is the perfect coach. Baker looks like he's taking a step forward. I love the defense, I love the offense. Outside of just mass injuries, I, I don't see how Cleveland disappoints. Twelve seems high, though. I'm, I, I, but I do think they can get to eleven, so I will take. I'll take the over. Well, Pittsburgh remember, at twelve is the old
3: eleven now because it's seventeen. I know, so I know, but five, still
1: eleven. You know, twelve you seems, high, seems high. You can five games
3: and still hit twelve
1: now. Still seems high. Still seems high. Pittsburgh at 8.5. I'll go first. I am going to take the over. I think they can get to 9. I do think this is going to be the most competitive division. I, I'm not going to write off Big Ben yet, just yet. I think he can be just good enough to keep that offense on track. That defense is still going to be good under Tomlin. I think they can get to 9 wins, so I'm going to take the over. Dennis, what are you taking for the Steelers?
2: I, I'm going to take the over. I think it's a push. It, it could go, you know, it, it's, it's a 8-win or a 9-win season, I think, for the Steelers. You know, they're not going to be awful. I think they're going to go ahead and, you know, have a couple rough games. But I, 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 want, I, I want to be able to say, oh, they're going to be awful. But I just don't think so. You know, they've got good wide receivers, a good running game. Uh, they need to do some work on their offensive line. And they do have some stars on defense, but I I, I think they, their defense isn't quite up to snuff with, say, the Browns and the Ravens.
3: Yeah, I have them as a slight over. I have them 9-1 season.
1: The Cincinnati Bengals coming in at 6.5. I am taking the under. I do think they get to 6, but if I had to pick, I'm, I'm going to take the, the under. 7 just seems high. Not, I mean, I don't know if I can predict the whole division to go that high. So I think Cincinnati's kind of the uh, the one who gets knocked around a little bit, still needs to improve that defense
2: a little bit and that offensive line. Matt, what about you?
3: Yeah, I took the slight under, 2 I'm at six.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do as well. I think it comes down to if their offensive line can gel, I think maybe their offense can keep them competitive. But I don't think their defense has what it takes to – pull out games or, or, or stop good teams. And, you know, we've already said that they're basically looking at three pretty powerful offenses in their division. So that's six tough matchups right there. So as much as I would like to give Joe Burrow and T Higgins, I think they're going to be playing catch up. So the offense is going to be great for fantasy uh, with Burrow and Higgins and, and Chase, if he can start catching the ball and Tyler Boyd, Uh, I think they're going to be nice for fantasy, but I do think in the win-loss column they're going to suffer a little bit.
1: The AFC South, we will kick it off with the Tennessee Titans. They come in at nine. That is a big number. Matt, I'll let you go first while I think about this one. I'm taking the over.
2: Yeah, you know, I took the over as well. Uh, I feel like it's a push kind of. I think this is going to be a tough division outside of Houston, and even Jackson, I think, might surprise with some close games. Um, I think Jacksonville's probably—you know—I take that back; they're not going to surprise. Urban Meyer is going to be an utter train wreck <laughs> in the NFL. Um, but that leaves the that leaves the Titans and the Colts to be able to clean up all the spare parts there. So I, I have Tennessee going over.
1: I'll take the slide over. I guess they can get to 10. I I think nine is probably the best number for them. I'm not even sure they win the division. I still believe in Indy with the team that they have there, but Tannehill has been good. That defense is the thing that worries me the most on that team. I I have no reservations about that offense. They'll be good, but that defense was a train wreck last year, and I don't think it's improved much of this offseason. Indy also comes in at nine wins. I will take the over. I think they end up winning the division with or without Carson Wentz. Team is just too good. I think if if he's out and Ellinger has to play because Wentz gets hurt, I think with the way that they will run the ball behind that top three offensive line and that defense, they'll be able to stay in games just enough to win enough to get them in. So I will take the over. Dennis, where are you going with the Colts?
2: Uh, I'm right there with you. I think they have – the best combination of offense and defense in the division. I think that it's going to end up being a, uh, you know, it could set up Jonathan Taylor for a, not an, a, an one season, but the RB one season. Uh, he's, if, if the quarterback can't stay healthy because they won't get vaccinated or, or whatever the ankle is jacked up or it's Sam Ellinger or, or, Jacob Eason or whatnot, you know, we could be looking at 330 carries, 350 carries for Jonathan Taylor and, uh, you know, 50, 50 receptions.
3: What is it with the the NFL has like a vaccination rate over 90% and all the ones that are unvaccinated appear to be starting quarterbacks. I mean, what the fuck is your problem? I would literally like to take a push because on my projection, I have them at nine wins, but I would feel better believing they'd hit eight than I would 10. So I'll take a
1: slight under if I have to move. Jacksonville coming in at 6.5. Matt, which way did you go here with Jags? I took the under i
3: think that's a little ambitious they'll probably win more than the one game that they managed in uh 2020 but i still think there's some work to be done there
2: yeah i'm as i said before i i feel like uh, urban meyer is going to be an unmitigated disaster in the nfl
1: Yep, I agree. Under, I've, I've said I didn't think he'd be smart, a uh, very good head coach, and then you add in Daryl Bevel, who's like the run-heaviest uh, offensive coordinator as well. I, I'm not believing in them at all. That brings us to Houston, who's sitting at four. I will take the under here as well. Whether Watson plays or if they do end up pulling off that trade and getting to a uh, – there's just not enough on this team to win enough games. I think when we did our first run-through, I had him at one win. Maybe they get to two. They're not getting to five.
2: I mean, they've already announced they're having a sale. You know, all their, I would expect Laramie Tunsil is going to go. Whitney Merciless is going to go. Anybody that has any value on that team, Brandon Cooks, uh, is going to be playing for somebody within the next four weeks.
3: Well, that's the interesting part because he said he wouldn't take a trade. I wonder if he's changed his mind after looking around, reading the room. What's that? Brandon Cooks, he oh, said good. before when he got traded to Houston that he wouldn't uh, allow himself to be traded and he'd just assume retire. But um, this is tough. I, I definitely took the under because I don't think Watson plays where they get to a, but if I thought they had either of those two quarterbacks a full season, I don't know that getting to five wins is completely out of the realm of possibility. Get, their schedule is not – incredibly challenging it's just their team doesn't seem that challenging and if you're telling me it's tyrod taylor or davis mills overcoming those challenges i'm not buying it
1: all right buffalo going on to the afc east they're coming in at 11 which way you going matt took the over i think they get to 13
2: Ooh, very bold well
3: they were 13 and three last year so not as bold as you oh, think. Man.
2: I I think I'm I'm gonna take the over, um, but I think 11 is the number. But I'm I'm gonna take the over just a little bit. I want to go under.
1: I think they take a step back this year. I really do. Oh. I'll take the over. I guess if I had to go one way, I think I think Dennis is yeah, right. I think 11 is the number. Okay, that. I'm going to go yeah. under. I, I think they take a step back. I mean, I still think they can win the AFC East with 10 wins, but I don't think they're going to be 13-3 and three again this year. That defense, I think the defense will still be good. I, Allen was, like, on another level. Probably should have won the MVP. He did not much to Mr. Fox's chagrin there. I, I don't know that he keeps that up. There's a lot of discord up there with all the Cole Beasley stuff and everything else. you got McDermott saying crap. I don't... I just just don't like the vibes right now, Buffalo. Next Monday
3: when we get to our Super Bowl predictions, you're going to love where I landed because I had to lock mine in for another thing I was doing, and you're going to hate both of my choices.
1: Well, that's wonderful. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll go 10. I still think they win the AFC East, but I I think they're going to go under. I'm not, not big on the Buffalo this year. The New England Patriots coming at 9.5, I will take uh, the over. I, you know, Dennis mentioned earlier when we were talking about Cam, they're getting all those defensive players back that they lost out last year because of COVID. You know, I just don't see Bill having two bad seasons in a row, whether it's Cam or Mac Jones. I think they can get to 10 wins uh, and I think they're going to fight for that division this year. So, I think the Patriots will go over.
2: Well, I think you're selling short selling the AFC East champion New England Patriots. Hmm. They're, they're they're gonna win that division. Bill is gonna will it to happen. He saw Brady take a dump on his legacy last season. And now he's out for revenge.
3: Well, he's gonna see uh, Brady deliver an upper decker to him in week four. Um, but <laughs> <Jeez>. I'm <laughs> I'm taking the under. I don't think they make the playoffs, and so I think there's a chance this is it for Bill.
1: Very interesting. All right, the Miami Dolphins at 9.5. Go ahead, Matt.
3: I'm taking the over. I like them to make the playoffs. I, I even like them to ju- – they were 10-6 last year. I think they get back to 10 wins. I think they squeak in this year. Even with Tua, if if it's Watson and he plays all season, they could potentially even go higher.
2: My, my instinct wants to say over, but, you know – our embedding, our natural inclination is to go for the over. And when I look at, you know, I'm kind of predicting a couple teams having really good records and a couple teams not so good in pretty much each division. And well, I've already picked Buffalo and New England, so that means I've got to take the under on the nine and a half. It may be nine. They may go nine and seven. They may go eight and, or nine and eight. They may go eight and nine. But it, both of those numbers come in at the the under.
3: That seventeen game schedule is th- throwing all of us off. Uh, well, we got used to the same it's game. Like when other, Matt so when we'll Matt said that the Bills won't finish thirteen and three, I hundred percent guarantee they won't finish thirteen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I'm with Dennis. I'm gonna go under, and it's weird because I really like the Dolphins this year, but. I'm thinking about I'm like, I just picked three teams in the AFC North to go over, two teams in the AFC South. Like somebody in the AFC has got to suck. They can't all be over. Uh, and there's at least one team in the AFC West, and I know I'm taking the over on outside of the Chiefs. So I'm going to go under here. Miami nine and seven, right? Am I adding that up correctly? I'm horrible with math. Or is it nine, nine and, eight and eight now? Nine and eight. This still probably could make it into the playoffs. So it still could be right, but I'm, I'm going to take the under. I think nine. Nine is the perfect number. I know it's at nine point five, so I'm gonna take the under. That brings us to the Jets at six wins, and I'm taking the under. I think they're like a four and twelve. Sorry, four and thirteen. Stupid seventeen game schedule. Four and thirteen type season for them this year. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. I
3: think it's going to take more than a year for Salah to undo the uh, the issues they've had.
2: You know. I I like where they're going. I think it's in his best interest to go three and 14 this yeah. year and have a high pick. It, you know, not that any team is going to really tank. They are professionals. But the higher the pick they get, the better, whether they use it for a uh, game-changing defensive player next season or a game-changing offensive lineman. You know, they've added to that offensive line with Vera Tucker, Makai Becton, you know. They're building it the right way. I, I feel like it's you know six wins is a big ask. So I'm going under. All right, that moves
1: us on to the AFC West. Kansas City coming in at twelve point five wins. Matt, which way are you going with them? Slight under. I them at twelve.
2: Man, I'm struggling with this one. So I I haven't answered the question yet because I'm like hoping one of you guys will sell me on the over or the under. Because I feel like we're we're in the situation right now with Kansas City that we're all going, oh well they're just awesome and they're always gonna win everything. And everybody on their team is always gonna be a QB one or a wide receiver one or a running back one or a tight end one or something. And and I feel like it's it's turning into that sort of blind allegiance to KC being, you know, the best in the league. And I don't know if 13 wins, I, I, I could see him going, you know, 12 and five. Uh,
3: That's where I am, 12 they, and five. I think the West is stronger than people are giving credit for. We've seen them struggle against Chargers and Raiders the last couple of years. The Raiders even clipped them once. I think they could lose a couple division games.
2: Yeah, and everybody, even though Tampa won last season – so many people expect the Chargers or the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl again this year. Everybody's still gunning for them. You know they're 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 the team everybody still wants to beat. So I'm going to take the under.
1: I'm taking the under as well. I think 12 or 11 wins is more likely than 13 for the Chiefs. Next Why up, Chargers.
3: Why do you
1: hate the? Chiefs? Uh you know. I'm just not sure that the Chiefs are going to be that good this year. I don't even know if they make it to the FC Championship. The Los Angeles Chargers come in at 9.5. Hammer the over. Justin Herbert in MVP discussions this year. Leads the Chargers to the playoffs. I'm all in on my boy Herbert. I think that they're going to make it into the playoffs.
2: I I like, the, you know, part of the reason that I was struggling, struggling with, choosing the over for the Chiefs is because I really do like the Chargers a lot. Uh, You know, they've got some playmakers on defense in Bosa and Derwin James. Uh, They've added to the linebacker core there. You know, then you've got Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. Uh, While I'm not big on Jared Cook, uh, I feel like Cook is going to be just enough to diminish my uh, tight end one call on uh, Donald Parham. Um, and they've got a first year head coach things, you know, so I, I think they go, I think they get to 10 wins, but I don't think they win the division.
3: I took the under, I have them at nine wins.
1: Hater. Denver Broncos coming in at 8.5. What you got, Matt?
3: I took the slight over. I have them at nine wins, despite Teddy fucking Bridgewater.
2: So how's the how's the Denver offensive line shaping up?
3: The the offensive line is actually pretty incredible. Bulls developed into a great tackle thanks to Mike Munchak. They have Glasgow and Dalton Risner at the guards. Uh, They have Cushenberry with uh, the belly, Quinn Minerts there to back him up at center. And they have Bobby Massey with Calvin Anderson and Cam Fleming as options at tackle. Their starting offensive line has been pretty impressive. They have a decent running back. They have great receivers. They just have a noodle arm checkdown king at the well, quarterback position.
2: If I remember Bobby Massey, he's and a horrific head to, coach, he's going to need those other two guys out there with him to be able. Well,
3: to- I actually like Calvin Anderson. Um, I was, I think they're on the fence about whether he's going to start, and they're just going to keep Massey for insurance. Uh, but Calvin Anderson's looked really good at right tackle; it can swing over to left tackle as well.
2: Well, all of that being said, I have them. I, I think they're going to win eight, so I'm going to take the under.
1: That's probably more. I will take the slight over. I had him in the playoffs uh, when we did our first run through, and I still believe that, you know, we talked a little bit about this. uh, I feel like it was a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, Matt, with the the defense finally having Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb, Chubb healthy together. Got a good secondary, got good linebackers. Realistically, I think they have a good offense. It's. Maybe that's why they went with Teddy Bridgewater because he's just safe and they want to play it safe to get into the playoffs. I think there's a realistic shot. They do that if they go over here. So I will take the over. That puts us with the Las Vegas Raiders over under at 7. I'm taking the under. I think this is finally it for Derek Carr. He shits the bed just enough that, uh, my God, I forgot his name.
2: He John Gruden,
1: John Gruden, there we go. John Gruden finally benches him for Marcus Mariota, and Derek Carr is gone from the Raiders after this season.
2: So I, I've got the under, but I, I kind of agree with the potential for Carr to get benched. But I think if Carr gets benched, then Mariota, if, if it's if it's if it's by midseason, Mariota could potentially put him over. If they go if they go three and six and then Mariota takes over, I would take the over seven for the rest of the I, – I feel like they, they're they going to go like nine and eight at that point. I feel – Mariota just brings a different dimension to that team, uh, and, and it's a shame that he didn't get an opportunity to go somewhere and be a starter again this year. I feel like his shoulder's finally gotten healthy. Uh, I do agree you don't just bench Carr because he's playing okay. He's gonna have to suck to get benched or get injured to get benched. Um, So I I took the under for the the Raiders. I
3: have to be honest, I thought seven was a low uh, number for the Raiders um, given where they've been the last couple of years. And obviously as a diehard Denver Broncos fan, I'm no uh, great fan of the Raiders organization. But I took the over, I think they get to nine wins.
2: Well, that wraps up our over-unders. So do you think you have what it takes to beat the pros? FantasyNation.com. Put your rankings up against the best in the business. Defending champ Rob Wozniak of the FF Ballers, Jake Seeley of the Athletic, Bill Enright of Sports Sports Illustrated, or our own favorite, Matthew Fox, uh, of the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Put your rankings up. You can... Do uh, preseason rankings, get them done before the uh, first game of the season. If you have the most accurate rankings in this contest, you'll win $500 at the end of the season. If you're into doing weekly rankings, you play redraft and you like to choose your guys, you can go ahead and do the weekly rankings accuracy contest. And if you're the most accurate at the end of the season, you win $1,000. There's also a $100 payout, which and I misspoke last time and said $1,000 but it's a $100 payout for quarterback, <laughs> running back, wide receiver, and tight end if you're the most accurate ranker throughout the season. Go to fantasynation.com ranker. Uh, there's no fee to enter. You just got to update your weekly rankings every week.
3: Yeah, those that season-long competition has turned into a real bummer with all the
1: injuries I have to update it every week, every like two days. All right, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday, Matt and myself talking about uh, the – what are we doing? Award predictions and what if – I need to catch up on both on the episode as well because I still have not watched it yet. I'm incredibly
3: curious to see what you thought about the third episode. Polarizing is the word I would use to describe
1: it. Interesting. So I got to get the third and I'll get the fourth done as well on Wednesday in preparation for that. Might talk a little bit of college football as well as with the Ohio State Buckeyes will be playing in Minnesota right as we're going off air Thursday. So a lot of good college games. They got the whole, like I said, Wednesday through Monday to themselves. I think it's Monday. Maybe they know. I yeah. think the last game's on Sunday. Do they have a game on Monday? I the last game was on I, they Sunday. They
3: usually on opening weekend do one for Labor Day Monday. I
1: think the last one they have is on Sunday this year, Florida State yeah. versus Notre Dame. But I could be wrong on that. But that will do it for us today. We will see you guys again on Thursday. Everybody have a great day.
0: Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the line already. It is in the for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me, guys. Late. Oh, they tackled him in the forty-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>